Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And Happy New Year. It is New Year. New Year's 2022. So uh, may you all be blessed in this new year. But I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and know that I am coming to you right as always, right from Cat Swamp Road in Warren County, New Jersey. Well, I tell you it's Hackettstown, but that's really where the mail comes from. But it's really Alamoochee Township, which is an American and Native American name. Matter of fact, our fire department has a has an Indian head uh, with a headdress on as its logo. So it's Alamoochee Township here in Warren County. And you are listening to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, which is heard only on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. And we get together here in the farm shop every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. with a replay, and that is Eastern Time Zone. But if you happen to miss an episode or you want to go back and listen to it again because it has some technical content that you are now involved with, you could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and click on the tab on the header that says FMD Radio, and you will find all of the episodes there to listen to as a podcast. So uh, so please use that resource along with my website and my Idle Chatter podcast as an educational tool. You ready? So uh, let me see. What else is going on? Oh, I'm excited to tell you that I'm hopefully, God willing, I'm looking into it, that I'm going to be creating some hot rod farmer license plates. And uh, when I started the podcast and the website a couple of years ago, I created t-shirts and I had some t-shirts and some of you listeners even have them, the hot rod farmer t-shirts. And I insisted upon them being American made and uh, American cotton uh grown in America, assembled in America, material, American materials, screen printed in America, the whole nine yards. And uh, they were, and they were of excellent quality. But what had happened, what I had learned, is that I am not a haberdasher. So I would always get the wrong sizes. So I would pre-order, obviously pre-order, and you have to order them in bunches. And uh, I would try to figure out, well, how many extra large, how many mediums, how many large, 2X, what have you. I'm a 2X kind of guy. So I thought everybody was a 2X 2x farmer like me but i guess they were not so it got to be very frustrating because i i seem to always have the wrong size and uh it got quite expensive because i was giving them away uh, to my listeners and uh, i had the wrong size and then i'd have to try to order another one and it just got to be a nightmare so what i decided to do was to come up with the same logo, the Hot Rod Farmer logo with the tractor with smoke in the tires with the blower sticking through the hood and the flames coming out of the exhaust of the American flag and turn it into a license plate. And then I'm looking to have those made. They're going to be made in USA. And in theory, they're supposed to be embossed and then screen printed on top of the embossing. So it's going to be a nice license plate as I understand, but I have not gotten the sample yet. So as soon as I get the sample and approve that, then I will order some. And then I am going to have a contest. So if you send me, if you contact me at Hot Rod Farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com 
and let me know where you are at so I could put a pin in my map and I will put your name into a contest. And then every week I will be giving away a license plate. And even if you have, a, you know, interestingly enough, over here in New Jersey, legally I came and put on any of my vehicles because we are a two-plate state, front and back plate. So uh, I could put it underneath there and hang it down low. But I did some research, and I think about 30-something states only have a real license plate. So, hey, you could put it on your toolbox, you could put it up in a shed, you could put it in a garage, what have you. So uh, hopefully that comes to fruition, so I'll keep you informed. But please let me know where you listen to listen from and it's the uh, hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and also as we get into the new year and i wanted to just say i want to thank you all because this actually is the one year anniversary of this show so i want to thank you all for listening because by all of you listening is you allowed me to go into my second year so this is the 53rd episode of farm machinery digest radio and uh, let me see what else I want to tell you. Uh, <clears throat> also, on my website, at any place you find podcasts, I do a podcast called On the Road with Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And on that show, I feature interesting people that are either passionate about firing orders or farming. So check that out. I have some uh, some guests coming up. I'm going to be going back on the road and recording some more of those shows, and they should be coming out sometime in January. And the first person that I'm going to be doing this year is Bob Ida, and he is a famous, famous hot rod builder. So he's very, very passionate, and he used to be a rodeo guy. So there's a rodeo element to him also, but he's going to be under the passionate about firing orders instead of farming. And then on today's show, what I'm going to be discussing right after the break is that there's nothing worse than going to fix something and you have to fix the tools. I mean, I, we've all experienced that, so I hate that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be giving you some suggestions of different tools and different things you could do this for this new year in the farm shop. So we start the new year with all of the tools working properly. And never forget, it is not what you make, but what you keep that counts. I'm Maria Bartiromo from Fox Business. My parents lived the American dream. My father cooked in his restaurant. I was the coat check girl. Today, I'm still working the hardest I've ever worked, giving my viewers every tool I can to help them succeed. I'm Stuart Varney from Fox Business. My first investment, traveling the world for about five years and ending up right here in America. Damn good investment, actually. Fox Business. Invested in you. Listen on Channel 113. The story of our wild world is written on the ground, animal tracks. I'm Scott Linden, out and about in the uplands, and what works for you hunters works for your kids, too. Next time they gripe about nothing to do, head outside and look down. Edges of dirt roads, trails, pond banks, even plowed crop fields are blank pages until some critter walks through. Then the story gets interesting. Check field guides, go to the internet, figure out what just crossed your path. Hey, you might learn something. Want to ensure success? Smooth out the soil on a patch of ground, then put a bit of raw bacon in the middle. You'll have plenty to work with the next day. 
Out and About in the Uplands is made possible by Pointer Shotguns from LegacySports.com. Listen, farming is all about appreciating the simple things in life. So why make it complicated? I'm Rob Sharkey of Shark Farmer Radio, and I just want to cut down the confusion and delve deeper and deeper into the tangled controversies within the farming world. There's so much to learn from the great people of agriculture. So forget the nonsense and let's get back to the basics on Shark Farmer Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And what I'm going to be discussing today are some tasks that you need to consider doing if you're not already doing them in your farm shop to keep all of your equipment and tools in tip-top shape. Because as I said in the opening segment, we've all experienced the frustration of uh, grabbing a tool to either fix something or do some maintenance and the tool is either needs to be repaired itself or the grease gun is out of grease or or the, the drop light the bulb isn't working what have you so these are some suggestions for you to uh, just think about it. and hopefully you're probably doing most of not all of them already so i may be preaching to the choir so these are in no particular order the first thing that is often overlooked by many until it goes kaput is the shop air compressor so you'll keep in mind that you need to get into a good regiment and it makes no difference whether you have a piston type of compressor or multi-stage single stage or a big rotary type of compressor but you need to be familiar with it you need to maintain it you need to check the oil on it and change the oil a lot of bigger compressors have hour meters on them the smaller ones excuse me do not but you need to get into a regiment of changing the oil on it and keep in mind that the oil itself will go through heating and cooling cycles and that's going to wick in moisture to it and condensation and also do not be afraid on a larger more expensive compressor to pull an oil sample and send it out for 20 or 25 dollars for an analysis but do not forget to change that oil and maintain that oil in that shop compressor. And some of you may be saying, man, when was the last time we did that? And also, you know, keep, you know, either write it down somewhere on, on a piece of paper, then tape it to the compressor or have a notebook, however you want to do it. It's very important to have record keeping, not only with your equipment, as you would do, but also with your shop equipment and tools, because time flies by. You would say, oh, I just changed the oil in that compressor. And then you find out it was three years ago so do that don't forget about the air filter on the compressor and if it's a belt driven one inspect that belt and if you take that belt off for some reason remember whenever you put a belt back on that was in service you need to put it back on in the same direction of rotation because it's going to stretch don't forget about the drain tank the uh the drain don't forget about the drain valve i've been in some shops where the drain valve is rusted in there because they never drain it uh, if there's a separator and also make it a good a, a good a, a good habit is the word i'm looking for to go around that compressor with a with a wrench be it, be it a box end wrench or a, or a socket what have you and snug everything up because that does vibrate a lot and it will and things will start to loosen up the next thing is that make it at least depending upon how much you use it but at least once a year a procedure to send your torque wrenches out to be calibrated 
It's very, very important if you're going to go through the trouble of torquing a fastener, and specifically if you're doing a lot of engine work and you're going to torque something, you need to make sure that that torque wrench is calibrated properly. And most tool companies will do that. If you have a tool guy that comes to your shop, Snap-on Mac, what have you, Cornwell, they usually offer that services. And if not, you could Google that and look that up on the internet there. And it's very inexpensive. I think used to, well, years ago, I used to pay about $20 or $25 to get it calibrated. But at least you know with confidence that you are using that, you're tightening that fastener to the proper torque. The next thing sounds very rudimentary, but make sure your tire pressure gauges are calibrated and you're not going to i mean there are calibration tools for tire pressure gauges but you're not going to take a ten dollar gauge and spend a hundred dollars to to calibrate it but what i like to do is get a known good gauge and how do you know it's a good gauge you check that gauge against many other gauges three or four other gauges and that is going to be your standard that you're going to work against so it's going to be like your control on a test plot in your fields and then what you'll do is you'll take check a tire with that gauge that's the gauge that you're going to handle with kid gloves you're not going to use it you're going to keep it in a good safe place and 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 not bang it around and then you could check your other gauges and then even if the gauge is skewed then you know based upon your standard your test gauge that's off two pounds that's 100 percent fine so you could still use it but always keep in mind that you need to check the calibration on the tire pressure gauges because otherwise you're going into the field right and you're worried about tire pressure for compaction and the gauge is wrong so what good is that it's like with a torque wrench right you're tightening the bolt to the wrong torque specifications hydraulic jacks are often very very neglected all right so you want to grease them most of them have grease fittings you want to you want to lubricate the wheels where the wheel spin so it rolls easily across the floor you could use a penetrant oil or some something like that to lubricate it and you need to change the hydraulic fluid in that also because just like with the compressor it's going to break down it's going to wick in moisture and when it wicks in the moisture it's going to attack all the seals and the piston in that hydraulic jack so make sure that you do that all right same thing as if you have a lift some sort of vehicle lift in your shop you want to become familiar with all the lubrication points on it you want to lube it as per the manufacturer's specification whether it has a chain whether it has cables if it has cables it's going to ride on some pulley you want to look that over you want to put some eyes on it uh, usually they will have a hydraulic cylinder on it also so uh you need to be familiar with that and you also want to check and lubricate the safety stops on it very 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 important and you just want to look that over you probably if you probably spend more than 10 minutes looking that over it's going to be a lot because there's not that much there but it's a tool that you need and you don't you can't have the vehicle or the piece of equipment jammed up on the lift and god forbid you also don't want those safeties not to work and remember when when you ever you do lift a vehicle or a piece of equipment on that always do not allow the hydraulic pressure to hold it up you need to put it on the safety so it's like putting an automatic transmission in park so very 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 important your air tools air ratchets grinders impact guns what have you often very neglected uh i know i used to use the ingersoll rand 231 guns when they were made in the united states and they both they had a grease fitting in the back and you needed a special tip a special grease gun for that and uh, you need to grease the back of it and also lubricate the air gun through the air 
uh, the the inlet connection where the air hose goes on but read your owner's manual for that familiarize yourself with it and uh, very important to keep those tools working properly and smoothly not only for the sake of having them work when you need them but as far as extending their service life if you have if you take good of a if you take good care of a high quality air tool it's going to last <clears throat> quite <clears throat> quite some time excuse me <clears throat> all right the next thing we want to talk about is battery operated equipment and i'm not talking about rechargeable batteries but let's say like your multimeter or your non-contact thermometer the infrared gun they all work off of batteries you don't want to go to check you have electrical problem and you find out that the battery is dead they're usually nine volt batteries then the multimeter so even or or in the infrared gun the non-contact thermometer so you know just you know make sure you have some extra batteries in the toolbox and so in case it does go bad or does does um becomes too weak to operate accurately that you could change it and get up and running like, so all these little things that i mean it's not rocket science here but you know, often when we have something that fails on the farm and we're all guilty of it and i'm guilty of it something happens to the planter something happens to the tractor you just mickey mouse something as far as the tool if you didn't take care of it because you just need to get that task done get the tractor back in the field or get the combine back in the field then you have all good intentions of doing it later all right that you're going to do it but later never comes you put it back in your toolbox and some other fiasco happens in your life or on the farm or with a piece of equipment and then you say oh god i never fixed that and it's busted now when i need it and that that happens to all of us especially on the farm because you're always behind the gun whether it's planting or harvesting all right the next thing is uh what i suggest for you to do is to make sure all of your hand ratchets are lubricated what we used to do years ago in the industry is put the lap the ratchet and let the drain oil when we're draining oil work into the ratchet and that works very well and then also keep in mind that uh you need to check and not all the time but i've done the show about this and there's nice little testers that you could buy to keep plugged into the electrical socket be mindful of the, the the cleanliness of the voltage coming into your farm shop and for about 50 or 60 dollars you could buy a little monitor that stays in there it shows you the voltage and the frequency because the power company could make changes or have an issue coming into your farm shop and you're going to end up hurting a lot of your equipment and a lot of farm shops have computers in there to to communicate or they have an office or they use it for diagnostics for for diagnostic procedures or what have you is that you know it's a good idea to maintain the vault maintain um or to check the voltage that's being sent to your farm shop because over time if it's the voltage is the wrong frequency or is too low or too high it is going to hurt your equipment so that's my simple list not too much do it and when you go to grab a tool you'll be happy that you did Hey, it's Billy Kinder, host of Kinder Outdoors, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern right here on Rural Radio. I want to invite you to join me this coming weekend at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo, the world's greatest gathering of hunters, fishers, conservationists, and outdoors men and women. We'll be at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in downtown Dallas through Sunday. Stop by my booth and say hello. It's number 4070 right next to the conservation stage. Kinder Outdoors is at the DSE 40th Annual Convention and Sporting Expo this week. 
This is Sean Haney. If you're serious about ag, it's time to get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. We'll talk markets, agronomy, machinery, and cover the real-time issues affecting farmers and ranchers in Canada and all of North America. It's your go-to source for the latest ag news impacting producers on both sides of the 49th parallel. Get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern and don't miss the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show airing on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with hosts Ron McDaniel, Don Dawson, and me, Ernie Rodina. This week we visit with Anthony Gatto of Kensington Protective Products and Matt Mills about Road to the Horse on the Cowboy Channel. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. Hey, we'll see you there. In the field, on the farm, or in the saddle, we're right there with you in your pocket, on your phone, and everywhere you go. RFD TV Now, current ag reports, geo targeted weather, live streaming 24 7, and our full collection of shows you love at the tip of your finger. At less than $10 a month, it's the cheapest tool on the farm. Download the app today and start watching RFD TV Now. Everybody, it's time now for Tex Rubinowitz, the hot rod man to sing, and he's going to sing us right into our Under the Sheet Metal segment. Come on, Tex, and he's over from Ripsaw Records. All right, Tex tells me he always maintains that guitar, right? So it's always all tuned up, like the equipment has to be in the farm shop. All right, so today, today, today's Under the Sheet Metal is going to ask you a question. Is a diesel tuner right for you? The promise of added performance with a diesel tuner is easy to fall prey to, right? Hey, we're hot rod farmers. We want as much power as we could get. But before you invest in one, you need to understand how it works and its possible ramifications. The modern diesel engine replaced the pump line nozzle system with common rail electronic injectors and an ECU, an electronic control unit. The ECU can be recalibrated to alter the timing and length of the injection pulse along with the boost pressure. This is the source of the power gain with a diesel tuner. The calibration of diesel tuner employs is more aggressive than that fitted by the engine manufacturer. Engine power is produced by the pressure created during the combustion of the fuel. The higher the power, the more heat generated and the greater the cylinder pressure. Heat and pressure when excessive will end up hurting the engine. The logic of the engine manufacturers is to build an engine and transmission that can take more power than the tune produces. It is like building a truck that could carry more weight than it is rated for. It is the buffer for when it is overloaded. An aggressive high horsepower tune either diminishes or removes the safety barrier. A tune identified for towing offers the best of both worlds. Better throttle response, increased power and fuel economy, while still being safe for the engine and transmission. 
If the truck is worked hard often, then I suggest keeping the stock calibration and just going up the hills a little slower. Why risk an expensive repair? So we are all hot rodders, and we love that power, but there's an old adage in the hot rod community is that you don't mess with the vehicle or the engine that you use to make a living. So do it or what you want, but if you do a, if you do a, tune, a, uh, a towing calibration, you'll be very, very happy with that in almost every instance. All right, so now here is our letter, and it is from Sam Harold, and he goes, Hi. I have been listening to your show on Rural Radio probably from the first episode. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Harold. I also use your website and listen to your Idle Chatter podcast. I have taken your advice and are looking to put some of my old gas grain trucks back into service. My question is about what engine oil to use. Some of my buddies with hot rods say that I need to use a special oil. Is that true? Thank you very much. <clears throat> well... There's no denying that if you have an older gas engine on the farm, whether it's a farm tractor or a grain truck, in this particular instance, grain trucks, they're probably either you know General Motors or Fords. I mean, it could be some old Dodges out there. They were good too. And the engine oil has changed dramatically since they were produced. That's a fact. But what the hot rod community is talking about is that a, a number of years ago, the oil companies removed what... Uh, a zinc additive it's called zddp it's a big long it's a it's an acronym so in essence it's a zinc based chemical and they used that earlier on in engine oils and mainly it was there to protect the interface of the cam lobe and the and the base of the valve lifter and what has happened is that by removing that zddp which is the acronym for it is that it could has the possibility to create excessive wear but what your hot rod buddies are talking about is the the concern for excessive wear comes up when there is a a camshaft installed that has a more aggressive or higher valve spring pressure which is the hallmark of a performance camshaft. So for instance, let's say like a standard small block Chevy would have 60 or 65 pounds of valve pressure with the valve closed onto the lifter. And then whereas a performance cam would have a hundred, 120, 130, 140. So that is where the problem comes, comes in play. To answer your question, sir, is that if you have older grain trucks, uh, it's a low RPM engine, not a lot of valve spring pressure. You will have no issue at all running a modern engine oil in it. And even about 10 years ago, people used to say, we'll run like a shell rotella or diesel oil in it, but they've taken the zinc out also. I would not worry about it at all. So the, the criteria for being concerned with putting a zinc additive in the oil is the aggressiveness of the valve spring pressure and the gr- aggressiveness of the grind, the lobe on the camshaft on an old gasoline farm tractor or farm truck that is not an issue because they were low rpm engines and they did not have a lot of valve spring pressure so that is not a concern so you could basically use any modern oil that you want in it and to you know, and keep in mind that uh if you go out to the west coast and different areas of the country where cars don't rust people are driving old cars and they're putting oil in them and not having any issues or any concerns whatsoever so listen thank you so much for that question and hopefully you get those old grain trucks running and if you have any issues with them please you know reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmers 
MachineryDigest.com. Well, hey, the show went quickly, but I want to thank you so much for listening. And uh, please never forget that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed, blessed 22, and I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Welcome to Bushels and Cents on Farm Machinery Digest Radio, heard exclusively on Sirius XM Channel 147 Rural Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and never forget it is not what you make but what you keep that counts. Minimizing heat soak is the simplest way to extend the life of every underhood component. High temperatures decrease the life of gaskets, electronics, rubber components, and even the cylinder head. The underhood temperature rises when the engine is shut off since the cooling system is no longer functioning. The heat from combustion then migrates into every component. This is called thermal excursion. To limit this effect is simple. When possible, idle the engine for around 60 seconds before shutting it down and then open the hood. Agriculture runs on machinery, profits on reliability. Visit FarmMachineryDigest.com where steel and soil meet. This Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOWheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. Urban farming has grown in popularity over the last 10 to 15 years. The urban population across the developing world has grown by 500 million in the last decade, and it is predicted that by 2025, more than half of the developing world will live in urban areas. Urban farms are sprouting up all over the world. They're working to increase food security by growing food locally. They give underserved urban neighborhoods access to fresh foods. They strengthen local economies by keeping dollars circulated within the community. Urban farms localize food production through a distribution ecosystem, providing health, environmental, economic, and aesthetic benefits to urban communities across the globe. This has been the Urban Ag Report on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 1.